Welcome to Let's Talk Voice, the podcast shedding light on the mystery and joy of Phoenation. Listen in to discover the role of vocal sound in the human experience. My name's Eleanor and my background is in linguistics. And I'm Sarah. My background is in singing. And this week we'll be talking about why singing in a choir makes you feel so good and our, some of our experiences with singing in choirs. So Eleanor, you've sung in a choir, haven't you? Yes, I'm not a huge amount. I don't think I've sung in nearly as many choirs as you, but <laughs> I did sing in a choir in primary school, yeah. um, which was great. I really liked it at the time. I mean, I was, I was kind of the person in primary school who just did whatever activity came up, I was pretty happy to sign up for, and choir was one of them. Yeah. Um, and quite a few of my friends did it as well. So I was just like, yeah, great, let's do it. Um, and then, but then I went to high school and my high school didn't have a choir, but it did have uh, like a music program. So I played in the wind orchestra and I played in the jazz band um, and both, and the sort of music program at my school ran music camps, I suppose, like band camp um, You're once a such year. such a lucky girl. I know. Oh that my experience. God. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. And the New South Wales state government, which is because that's, I grew up in New South Wales, yeah. they also have a sort of a music program mm-hmm. and they have their own orchestras, which I never played in. I was never too, I was never good enough to get into those right. musical groups. But they do run an annual state music camp, which you can. For um, anyone. Pretty much. I think so. Yeah. Or maybe you have, I think you have to say that you're a certain, maybe above a certain grade. I honestly can't remember, but it's pretty, it's pretty open. Um, And so I went to that. And as part of those camps every year, they do like with all of the kids that are there, they do a massive like singing performance at the end. And it just seems to be a thing like as part of that culture there where at those camps, they just make you sing all the time. So like when you wake up in the morning, they get you to sing to wake up when they want you to be quiet. They make you sing to get everyone to be quiet. And, you know, at night they make you sing to calm you down and things like that. (laughs) So those sort of singing in that sort of process. So you've you've had a really good idea of uh, what singing does, singing in a group does for people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a, a surprisingly effective way of calming down teenagers, I have to say. Absolutely. And yeah, and then as an adult, I mean, I didn't, I play, I still played in a wind orchestra at uni. Um, but since I've moved to Canberra, I joined another choir and this one's a community choir called the Mixtape Chorus. And I like forced a couple of my friends to come with me to join because um, I didn't want to go by myself. And it's been so good I like love choir it's now I think the highlight of my week um and it's so delightful and like my friends like it as well and one of them like she doesn't really have a background in choir or music at all and she just loves it more than I do yeah and it's so good just love choir yeah that's so good yeah so how how is it that some people love choir and others others don't or you know choirs seem to struggle for membership have you have you come across that? Um, not personally. Um, 
I mean, the one I've joined in Canberra, I think, is quite is pretty popular. I don't think it really yeah. struggles. And um, is it cool? There's, there's an element. That, well, how you know, our society um, struggles a little bit with singing. Generally, I think people worry about whether they can sing or not. Yeah, I mean. I mean, I'm not a very cool person, so I don't really, so don't I don't know if cool. I could say this choir is cool or not. I think as far as community choirs go, it's relatively cool because it sings like a lot of Australian, I mean, it sings a lot of Australian songs. It sings a lot of like indie, oh, sort of cool. indie pop, indie folk sort of songs. So people know the music and it's the sort of music that we'll often play on Triple J. So it's kind of mm. um, maybe a bit more cool, but. Yeah. And what about the leadership? I mean, you, you, you can say as little. Or as much as you like, but um, without saying names, what uh, it has a lot to do with the leadership, doesn't it? So the repertoire that's being chosen uh, is pretty key, isn't it? But also the vibe. Yeah, I think I think they've done a really like wonderful job. Um, like the yeah, the committee seems really nice. They seem quite welcoming and encouraging, and that's really good. Mm. Um, and focusing on building community, which is quite nice. And I think the like the musical director is that what you call them like mm-hmm. I think that's a quiet term musical director I like I, I think he's quite extraordinary and I always admire like community choir leaders almost more than I do higher level ones because community choirs they're sort of dealing with you know people who can read music and who do have a background in music and things like that but they're also dealing with people who cannot read music at all mm. and I just find it amazing that they manage to bring it like he manages to bring us all together and and they're so responsible, aren't they? Yeah. They're responsible for everyone coming back week after week. And, uh, yeah, it takes a very special person mm. to have the confidence to keep doing that and, um, and to choose all the, yeah, to choose repertoire and have the, have the personality that can um, keep everybody coming back. Mm. And I'm sure, because I know that you have a background as a sort of operatic soprano singer, do you also have much of a background in sort of choral group Look, singing in the same way? I started, well, let's see, when I left, um, when I left my degree and, and um, was freelancing as a soprano and, and getting gigs, you can't get enough gigs really unless you're fully already known and famous. You can't get enough gigs to make a living. So most of us teach singing. And um, I was invited to start a choir, a community children's choir, when I first um, left academia. And I knew that I wasn't really a choral conductor because you go to uni specially to learn choral conducting if that's what you want to do. So your musicianship Mm. is is very, very high level when you're a conductor. So it was with some trepidation that I took it on and... um, I had to skill up, you know. I had to, I had to do some conducting courses, and I ended up doing a lot of courses. I did a Kadai certificate, which is um, over three summers, and how they teach a lot of musicianship. They teach a lot of choral um, strategies and techniques. So I have learned, but I, you know, I think you don't, you, you need to put these things into practice very frequently, you know, regularly to to get really good at it. So. I'm re- I take my hat off too to community choral leaders. Um, yeah, so I had a, a children's choir, community children's choir for five years and 
and yeah, it's a, it's a big challenge to keep the parents happy and the children happy and and the music flowing and um, everybody's experience is good enough that they'll pay money and they'll come every week and they feel a sense of loyalty and a, a sense of um, pride in their choir. So big benefits though from from kids being in choirs of you, as you've experienced and and from my perspective to see the change in children and to see them um, really unite as a group and and start to love to come and, and then to know years later because it is years later in my case that lots of these kids have taken music up professionally or writing their own songs or you know they've got youtube channels or, and that's really thrilling to think yeah, I know where they got the bug for that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's where I got my own bug, come to think of it. Who who becomes a soloist if they haven't sung, you know, and, and where better to sing them with, with your school friends in school choir or, or in, you know, in my case, the family, my whole family sang. We sang around a piano and I... I um, I call that a little bit of choral singing, especially one of a big family. And we sang in, we all had different parts. We would sing in seven-part harmony, ten-part really? harmony. Yeah, but not by choice, just by, you know, you find the note that fits and you just sing it. Somebody will pick a drone and they'll sing the, the pedal note, you know. Oh, if um, one day, one day, Eleanor, I'll get my sisters oh here. My I'll have a good old jam. <laughs> That would be incredible. I didn't realise that your whole family was so musical. Oh, they were very musical, but not, not professionally. I'm the only one really who took it very seriously. But um And what I was just gonna ask what kind of like what kind of songs would you sing as a family? Such a variety. Uh, um so my mum's family, Irish Catholic background, but also a performing background. They had my mother's aunties and and you know the older generation would have their own special performing song that they would it would be a soloist from every member of the family and the kids would have to sit and listen to the to the various solos and they were all songs from the radio of the 1920s and 1930s so some of those songs just came through in my life to the car load going on holidays we'd be singing songs from the 1930s <laughs> way back in 1980 um yeah so big variety Beatles a lot of Beatles songs a lot of ABBA of course but then musicals every Rogers and Hammerstein musical um you know even um, Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals anything we'd ever listened to would <laughs> we'd sing pretty much <laughs> So that's my background and I ended up going, oh, well, what, what am I good at? I know I can sing. So, yeah, learn singing properly is what I did. That's amazing. And have you done like any choir singing more good as an question. adult? Even professionally or just for Yeah, this for fun? is very interesting. When you learn um, singing, you take singing up um, to study as a profession, you get to about second year and it's – frowned upon to sing in choir you really yeah or you have to manage it very carefully um my singing teacher didn't like any of us to be singing in choir after second year because because it interferes with your perception of your voice 
you're busy when you're in a choir you're listening mainly listening to others and matching them right Mm. uh, and that's the sign of a good choir is when everybody's connected enough to to just match up perfectly Mm. um so when you're learning um solo singing um it's a different kind of mechanism you have to get used to um your solo sound and and know what that's doing mm. um so yeah i the last good choir i sang in was an amu chamber choir um which was very very high level higher level than i could manage <laughs> you know because this okay sopranos can you start singing the next couple of phrases and we'd all elbow each other and get very hot in the face. Okay, yeah, here we go. And, yeah, it was a very good choir. But also the Kadai certificate in Brisbane that I did, that involved uh, great chorus singing. We had a conductor from Hungary come to that. And, you know, in Hungary, all the, these Kadai lecturers, they, oh, they can sing whole, not just Bach cantatas and Bark fugues in every part, one, one, one hand playing the piano, sorry, right hand playing a melody, left hand playing a counter melody, or the same melody a bar later, you know, and then singing the third part, maybe tapping a different rhythm from some other song altogether with their left foot and something else with their right foot. They are incredible musicians, mm. and the choral singing there is. Uh, yeah, to die for. So yeah, I love singing quiets, but I uh, haven't for ages been concentrating on being a soprano. <laughs> mm. But I mean, it seems that like singing in a choir, in terms of why, because I mean, the reason I like singing in a choir, and I think lots of people like singing and singing choirs, is it makes you feel really good, it makes you feel amazing. Um, so let's just unpick that then. Yeah, What's physiologically happening. When you're well, singing. my understanding is, I mean, a lot of it actually seems to be quite similar to exercise in terms of what's happening to your body. Sure. So when you sing, like physically, a lot of stuff happens. And so it really, so when you sing, it releases endorphins. And so, and that's kind of similar to exercise. And so that gives you that nice little rush, yeah. um, which is always nice. Um, and then, because I mean, what does what do endorphins do? They, my understanding is I think they, like the nervous system produces endorphins and then they go to receptors in your brain and it makes you feel good and it reduces pain as yeah. well, which is very cool. Yeah. And then there's the reward factor, like dopamine mm. for, for the reward system where you've achieved something and it feels so good that you want to achieve it again. Mm. So the more dopamine going on, the better. And serotonin, same thing, happy drugs. Yes. Yes, the happy yeah. drug. Um, and what's kind of cool about dopamine as well is that you can really get dopamine by singing, but you can also get dopamine just by listening to music, yes. which also explains why people like to listen to music all the time because that releases dopamine and makes you feel good and you keep doing it. Yeah. And just between you and me, when you're in a choir, you are listening. Most, mm. of, most of what you're doing is listening. You know, you are singing, sure, but a good choir as I said before, you're listening very carefully to match everybody. So it stands to reason that the uh, what's produced when you're listening is, is happening when you're singing in a choir too. Mm. Yeah, and when you sing and when you listen to music, it can also lower 
cortisol levels in your body, so which is a signal of stress, and so that reduces too, which is very cool. And then also when you're singing, it often I think this also applies to playing an instrument as well, but you're doing your breathing deeper, and sure. that can also reduce anxiety. Yeah, and very regular breaths. Mm, yeah. yeah, that sort of nice regular breathing. And it also brings more oxygen into your blood, and that mm. also makes you feel better. Mm. So it just has all of this nice... It's a no-brainer, isn't it? We yeah. should all be singing. <laughs> we should all be singing. We should all be singing all the time. That's or in some cases, also listening to music. Yeah. So the ancient Greeks had a had a, an idea of this. This was a big part of managing mental health way back. Mm. Is it Hippocrates? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was Hippocrates. So they used music and singing for mental health way back then. Really? Hello? I don't know what year. I just say ancient Greeks. Look it up, everybody. When was Hippocrates? Oh, I haven't. Well, whenever he was, was a while ago, I have no idea. It was a thing, and it was a well-known thing. So it must have been a thing for many years before he wrote it down. Mm. Big part of being a human and connecting with people. That, what you just said about it being human remind me. Have you read um, the Year of the F- Flood books by Margaret Atwood? I love Margaret Atwood, but I haven't read the Year of the Flood. Okay, well, she wrote this trilogy, and they're kind of—they're not really—they're not sci-fi. They're like dystopia um, yeah. novels. And I suppose spoiler alert, if you haven't read them, it's very good. But basically, like, one aspect of the plot is that this very, you know, clever scientist has sort of engineered a type of human, but he's tried to engineer out all of humanity's flaws from this species. But the two things that he couldn't engineer out were dreaming and singing. Uh, They're considered flaws? Well, I mean, he was... was (laughs) you know, a bit nuts. Um, yeah, but he thought, okay, we'll get rid of all the flaws and that included singing, oh, mm. but he couldn't do it. So people sang and yeah. what did Margaret have to say about that? Well, I think she was just sort of, I think her sort of argument, well, not really an argument, like it's, you know, it's a plot. It was just sort of Musing the, the on plot. It. But I think just sort of the point was that singing, we are like hardwired to sing and be musical and it's very hard to take that out. Sure, I reckon. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's just what that reminded me of. Well, we are very much, um, guess what else happens when you sing in a choir? What? Oxytocin, Uh, the love drug. The love drug? (laughs) It happens when you sing in groups. Mm. It's the um, brick wall um, um, dismantler, Mm. you know, the little blocks we put in front of ourselves and, you know, our, our inhibitions or our ability to connect with one another it's all there for a reason you know you you don't really want to mess with strangers but uh when you uh when you hug somebody for example or you touch somebody uh your oxytocin level is increased Mm. it's increased when you have any kind of sexual activity you know just letting somebody in it seems to me Mm. this is this is what happens chemically and it uh, it increases when we sing, so. But specifically when we sing in a group, right? In a group, yeah, yeah, in a group. So it's a connector, and I think this has been used throughout history too. Without, without quoting any authors, <laughs> my intuition tells me. <laughs> um. So you know, choral singing in in churches, churches, 
churches are really okay with how to control a group of people and how to, um, you know, um, create a feeling, create an atmosphere. Mm. So it's interesting people associate singing, choral singing with church mm. even now, but also um, big political movements use song to unify people. And you think of the way apartheid in South Africa stopped. There was singing was a big part of that, and song unifying, unifying people. Same with segregation in America in the sixties, singing on the street. You know, a lot of oh man. And then look at Bob Dylan, and, and you, you're just going, oh, all these names I don't don't even know. I know, I know Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan, sure, but singing singing together, very powerful. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, it's also kind of like a similar, I find like a similar effect to like dancing or, you know, playing in an orchestra as well. Like just yeah. something. Maybe something that has a beat going that mm. everybody's part of. It's maybe the beat is a big part of that, mm. moving through time together, you know. Mm. And in an orchestra, it's microseconds. In, yeah, no, in orchestra it is, yeah, it's very quick. Um, and I mean, I'm not sure what your sort of experiences with it but I like my sort of favorite thing about singing in a choir and then playing in an orchestra it's not like it's not like the whole rehearsal period is amazing right like a lot of it's pretty boring or you know you make mistakes people you know you're sort of sitting there or you're sitting and listening and you're not exactly feeling particularly good the joy <laughs> you're not feeling the joy the whole time um it's not <laughs> it's not you know an, an hour and a half of pure joy um but it's more like there's specific moments in the rehearsal where everything sort of works and you're sort of there and like that's what makes it worth it like that's where the joy is it's in that People, one you you can't see Eleanor's face here you can't see it <laughs> but she, her face is just lighting up with the memory it is and like when you're in an orchestra and you've been rehearsing for such a long time and then suddenly it works and it's just the best yeah and it's also I, I also kind of find like obviously Singing in unison is nice and it's fun, but it's when you've got those really nice, like, clear harmonies mm. that for me I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yes, feels it fills your soul. Mm. So an interesting question came up um, regarding this very thing. Mm. A soprano, alto, tenor, bass choir compared to, uh, well, as you say, unison. But what, what's the experience of a bass, right? in a choir compared to the experience of a soprano. So most repertoire is written when, where sopranos have the, the tune, mm. even now that that's, it's not, it, it's not a rule anymore, but um, altos generally, according to the Western harmony rules, hardly move, you know, they're sort of less um, melodic, less lyrical in, in nature. Mm. Same with tenors, but still singing altos, it's even more fun, I think, than singing soprano because you get to feel the harmony. You really feel it. You know the role of the harmony. Mm. Even if you're singing the same note, like a drone all the way through the music, you feel all the changes with some some sensor in your body that feels harmony. <laughs> mm. A special organ yep. devoted to harmony. Harmony sings. <laughs> mm. Mm. Whereas basses, you know, basses, they just have a, 
It can be very boring as a base, you would think, but no, they love it because they're part of the whole. Mm. And that's, I think that's kind of it, isn't it? Is it like, I know when I was doing some research for this, I think it was an article somewhere. That's kind of like the, the appeal is just, it really is something that's like greater than the sum of its parts, right? Because you, you as much as, as good as singing by yourself can feel and can sound, you can never produce the sound of a choir by yourself. So you need true. everyone there yeah and how great yeah. is that sum it's it's great it's so good <laughs> it, just it can fill a whole hall and beyond it can fill the whole hall it can fill everyone in that hall it can fill their memories that's huge it can change their lives too just ask Richard Gill mm. music will change your life at its best just listening to it for sure and yeah being in it mm. There's also like kind of an analogy as well with like sport, like team sports a little bit as well. Not necessarily, not quite in the same way, but just in a sort of way where you can t- together be training for something and working on something and then you're in a game situation and it all works. Yeah. And you will sort of play your nice little part and you pull something off. And It's so true. Mm. Physically, physically draining as well, that physical side of things, mm. being a bit puffed out and working hard concentrating hard I think with music um, there's this added complication of as I said with the orchestra before microsecond timing being completely in sync you would argue that um, a good footy match has a lot of synchronization in it a a lot of um, in a way it's a big improvisation isn't it Mm. because people are working inside their own time and they're interacting really um loosely whereas um in a choir you're all together you're the machine and the conductor's hand comes down if you're not singing at the same time you're not in it Mm. (laughs) yeah it always thrills me when people you when you can hear every syllable of a fast moving choir it's just a thrill how do you get two people to say anything at the same time you know and yet you can get a hundred people to sing a really complicated um, passage mm. and extremes of their range at exactly the same time yeah that's a thrill in itself right yeah I think it's also you know you can get a whole stadium of sports fans yeah to be chanting or singing something yeah pretty much in time yeah it's great and they yeah do they do they go for the sport or do they go for that you know the whole atmosphere and being part of that I'd say a very big part of why people go to big sporting events is to, for that vibe and especially if they take part in the singing. Mm. What's your favourite choir? What's your favourite type of choral singing? Oh, I don't know if you've got a favourite choir. Oh, I mean, I don't really listen. I don't listen to a lot of choral singing, I have to say. Um, like I listen to like wind band music sometimes, but I don't listen to, listen to a lot of choral singing. I like listening to like choral like recordings of um, like Christmas carols at Christmas, like they're they're very nice. Oh, actually, I yeah. should say one of the other introductions to singing I had was so my family is not religious, like I'm not a religious person at all, but I would go to like the like the Christmas service with my grandmother yeah. when I was a kid, and yeah. obviously the feature of that service is 
the Christmas carols and it's just it's delightful like yeah carols are just you know they're very nice yeah <laughs> very nice to sing um so yeah I like listening to recordings of Christmas carols but otherwise I don't really listen to choral music like I've heard you know Handel's Messiah and things like that but otherwise yeah otherwise I don't listen to a lot of choral music yeah I've, I've got to say I'm the same but um but have you heard um Welsh Welsh male choral singing no I haven't they're famous I mean when you talk about football I think um that's a big part of excellent male singing is this is is the sound of um men singing together it's amazing mm. men men's voices all together when they're barracking or you know when they're singing perfectly and welsh and the welsh what is it, the welsh men's choir there's a whole stack of them practically every town in wales has a men's choir um i'm i'm thinking that's my imagination but um of course Bryn turfel the famous welsh baritone comes from Wales. Being a Welshman, of course he comes from Wales. <laughs> but you, I, I recommend you listen to him. Bryn Turfle's his name. Okay. But um, as far as men singing together, um, try the Spooky Men's Chorale as well. Oh. They sing Georgian stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, it's very moving, especially live. Mm. I think I might have actually seen them perform live. Like I think I went, I think I went with my parents. Oh. To a folk festival or something. They're folkies, I they think. They are, but I think it was just like, you know, at a local town hall sort of performance. The big recital hall there, Angel Place? I don't think it was that big. I, I genuinely think it was like a local town hall <laughs> where I grew up. But Been to a, been to a few of them, I've got to say. There's one in Manly. Mm. Or, um, yeah. Anyway, highly recommended. And I've got to say at this point, vested interest, my husband's a spooky man. Really? Yes, he is. Oh, you're just, your whole family's full of musicians. No, well, he didn't take up singing until he was till very late in the piece, mm. and he still doesn't do it professionally. But in, but they've had more international gigs than I've had with my with my illustrious training. <laughs> they um they sing all over the world. Mm. Anyway, yeah, there's a reason I found him for a husband, right? I fell for the men's singing, men singing in a group somehow mm. did it for me. Do you have any other choir recommend like choral group recommendations? Oh, well, like you, I I love this Christmas caroling thing. I think it's for tradition's sake in my head. Mm. Again, not religious, but as a singer and a conductor, constantly trying to get as a music teacher, it's, it's really seems to be part of Christmas for me to get all these carols going. But you know, you start to sing "Come All Ye Faithful," and nobody knows the words. They don't know the tune. I quite had it. How did nobody, you know, Deck the Halls, First Noel, Hark the Herald? Mm. Some people just don't know any of them. Mm. And I don't blame them. I mean, I'm not religious either. In fact, you look at some of the words and they're quite creepy. Yeah. Good King Wenceslas and all that. Mm. Great tunes, though. Great harmonies. Great tunes. Fantastic traditionally. But, and yeah. I think maybe because we know them. Have you heard of that theory that if you know it, you like it? Mm, yeah. Abba knew that. What do you mean? A lot of repetition. <laughs> a lot of repetition in their songs. Mm. It just, you know, uh, if you've heard it before, you, you like it. So they'll just, they'll introduce it in the intro. Mm. Like overtures and things like that. You have an overture to um, to a musical mm. in, the, in the entract 
Well, they they play all the tunes that you're going to hear, so that when you hear them, oh, they feel familiar, kind of familiar. Yeah. Well, that seems to be. I read somewhere that that's also kind of happening in terms of like we're so, this is sort of away from choral singing, but in like pop music, there there's been a sort of movement to shifting like the chorus to the front of the song because people like listening to like songs for a shorter amount of time and like a lot of songs are like cropping up on like apps like TikTok and so they want them to be immediately like hooked um and so in terms of like people who work as songwriters and stuff they're also having to orient more to um that sort of format which I find quite interesting it is it is interesting we've really changed the way we listen haven't we Mm. what an industry yeah I mean I don't really know anything about it but Eleanor I'm thinking We've done our dash. I think we have too. I reckon, and it's been um, it's been great fun. It's been really good. I think we got to the bottom of it, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Very interesting. Yes. So, this is Sarah, and I'm Elena, and we're signing off from um, our fabulous podcast. Let's talk twice. Bye. We'll see you next time. Bootin' da 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 da